What is up, everybody? Welcome to Not A Status Quo Podcast. I'm your host, Nisha. We have a great show for you today. I'm going to be recapping round two of the NBA playoffs. But first, I want to say congratulations to my Rockets on getting the second pick in the upcoming 2021 draft. Hopefully, we can get someone real good and start that rebuilding process. Let's talk about the Suns and the Nuggets. Congratulations to Jokic on winning MVP and making centers relevant again. Well-deserved reward and super proud of him for leading his team to the playoffs, especially without, like I said on many times before, their leader, Jamal Murray. He, you know, emerged as a leader this year, Jokic did, and just basically reminded everyone that he can play this game just as good as everybody else. So congratulations to him. This series was quick, and I mean really quick. I definitely thought the Suns would win this series. I just wasn't expecting a sweep. They played very, very good. I just I just wasn't expecting a sweep. The way the Nuggets played in this series was what I expected them to play like in the first round, relying heavily on Jokic and not really having enough to really close out games at the end. The Suns, to me, really was in a groove and honestly showed just how good they were in game three and basically closed it out in game four. Now, the one thing that I do have an issue about when it comes to this particular series is the flagrant foul that was called on Jokic in game four. To me personally, that wasn't a flagrant two foul. I would say give it a flagrant one if you have to. But the concept of a wind up, it just, he was definitely going for the ball. And the guy's face got, you know, he wasn't trying to go for the guy's face. He wasn't trying to go for Cameron Payne's face. So I just don't really see the whole concept of intent to injure when it was very clear that he was swiping at the ball. And so because of that, there are three things that needs to be addressed. Number one was the fact that it wasn't a flagrant foul. Number two, you do not eject the current MVP in the middle of a playoff game. You just don't do that. To me, that's almost as bad as Joey Crawford ejecting Tim Duncan. Like, you just don't do that. I just don't understand the ref's thought process when it come, came to that. And then lastly, number three, the NBA really needs to go back and figure out what exactly is a flagrant foul because there are a couple of fouls that happen after the Jokic foul. And I'm just completely confused on what exactly is a flagrant two and a flagrant one and what exactly is a flagrant foul in general. But overall, good series. And as we can see, the Suns are balling out and could possibly go to the NBA finals. Next up, the Jazz and the Clippers. I really thought... <laughs> that the Clippers were going to lose twice during this series. Um, I had them winning in six games. And what I mean by twice, I don't mean by them like losing just two games. I really thought during this series that they were going to lose. The first time that I thought was when was based off of the way that they started, which was not good, which is the same as they started as the Mavericks. And in my personal opinion, I thought from an offensive standpoint, the Jazz were just a little bit better than the Mavs. And I felt like the Jazz could capitalize on the Clippers' slow start. But... Kawhi and PG-13, they finally showed up. They finally showed why we realized them playing together was going to be a problem for everybody in the league. And unfortunately, Kawhi got hurt and missed uh, the last game and has missed a couple of games so far during the conference finals. So we're not really sure if he's going to come back, but from the way things are talking, it doesn't look like he will. But PG-13, he finally stepped up. He reminded everybody why he's a superstar, why he's an all-star, and really led the Clippers to victory. I was very impressed by his play the last couple of games when Kawhi went out and how he just basically stepped into that role and took it game by game to get them the win. 
Now, the one thing that I just don't like when it comes to the Clippers is the fact that they're so inconsistent in their play. And I think eventually them being so inconsistent is going to catch up to them. And what I mean by that is you have superstars, you have veterans, you have a championship coach, you have a championship player on your team. And you would think that this team wouldn't have so many consistency problems, but they do. So many consistency problems. And I just think that if they're going to win a championship, those things need to be addressed. And I really don't see how you address them without maybe moving some people, because I just don't see how this is possible for them to play at the level that they're playing. I don't really even think that they should have dropped two games, the first two games to Dallas, but they did. When it comes to the Jazz, I just, even though the Jazz had a really great season, I always felt that they weren't going to win the championship. They're just missing something. I don't know what that something is, but when I look at them, I look at their roster, I just feel like they're still missing a piece. And hopefully, you know, with D-Wade being there as, you know, part owner of the Jazz, maybe he could help them figure out what that is in the offseason. But all in all, they had a great season. You know, Devin Mitchell, he was balling. Man was balling. And I hope Utah gets some... Get some, get some 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 real help soon because I think if they if they can add that final piece they're going to be a really difficult team to deal with and I can possibly see them in the future going past the second round and getting to the conference finals the Bucks and the Nets man this series was crazy it was crazy who would have thought in the first minute of the series you would lose James Harden and only to lose Kyrie Irving a couple of games later I don't think anyone anybody predicted that I, I don't even think anyone realized that this could possibly be a scenario because everyone pretty much thought that the Nets were going to win a championship but that was not the case I also don't understand how you lose these two players and you still go to a game seven with a chance to win to go to the conference finals and you only miss it by inches. That's how crazy this series was. And I also don't understand how the heck is KD better now after Achilles injury? I don't get that. I really don't. The Nets, they played through a lot of adversity. You got to give them their props. Just like I have to give KD his props. You know, I'm still a little salty about what happened with the Warriors and his time there, but you can't deny that the man is great. He's a beast. He, I mean, seriously, it was inches. And I called that play. I knew that that was what's going to happen. 6.7 seconds left. I honestly thought he was going to come off a pick. I wasn't expecting him to go one-on-one, but I I knew he was going to take the last shot. But kudos to uh, Tucker for at least trying to play some defense and and making it to where at least he shot a a two instead of a three. But I have to show the Bucks some some love as well because I truly thought they were out of the series. The way that they, they were playing the first couple of games, they seemed lost at times and was just getting outworked in my opinion by the Nets. For some reason, I don't know if it was because of the Kyrie injury or something that clicked on them. They they wind up finding their groove and was able to pull out some wins, especially when they went back home. Like I said on my reel that I just recently posted about my picks for the conference finals. And if you haven't, go ahead and check that out on not a status quo underscore podcast on Instagram. I said that Giannis needs to be a little bit more aggressive and realize that he is not Steph Curry, that it, threes are not his game. He has got to be more aggressive in the paint, drive the ball, you know, stay within the mid range, in my personal opinion, and, you know, stop falling for those jumpers because that just really isn't his game. You saw him get a little bit more aggressive and start going to the basket more and stop settling for those three pointers. And I think that made a difference moving forward in the series. But like I said earlier in a a podcast, PJ Tucker would make a difference. And uh, I think he did. I think in many ways, he kind of helped Middleton more than anybody because Middleton didn't have to really spend the majority of the series guarding Katie. You saw him guard him uh, every now and then, 
But at the same time, Middleton didn't have a really great series. I think his best game was game seven, but they pulled it out. Injuries and all. I mean, it's playoff season and anything can happen. And the Bucks wind up beating basically the super team. Even though technically no, not not everybody was playing, I would like to ask this question real quick before I go to the to the Sixers and Hawks series. Do you think LeBron has a, a point in regards to the the league starting up too early after the bubble? Because I actually thought that they were coming back a little too early. I think they technically only had like two months off. And I I tell people, you forget that they also have to go to training camp. So they really probably had less days than that off before the season started. So it's just a little weird. But I do think that this is a result of the season starting a little bit early and players not being able to heal properly. I honestly expected more injuries at the beginning of the season instead of at the end of the season. But we're here now and we'll see what happens with this Bucks and Hawks series. It should be fun. Now to move on to the Sixers and the Hawks series. And let's go ahead and talk about the complete collapse of the 76ers. We all know that this series should have been done by Game 5. Because uh, Game 4 of and Game 5 was just a complete, utter collapse by the Sixers. I was looking at these games and I'm like, uh, what's going on? The one thing that I didn't like during those two games was Doc Rivers substitutions. Like I understood that Joel Embiid was is not that type of player that can play the whole game, but it was kind of one of those things where Simmons, I think, needed to play more. I think Steph Curry needed to play more and you were just kind of staying within this rotation and, and I kind of wondered, like, did Doc bring the issues that happened with the Clippers in regards to fatigue and, you know, them saying, like, this is why the players were so out of it with him. Did he bring that type of thinking to the Sixers and really mess up the rotation? Because that second unit did not have anybody to score for them. Maxi, he's a rookie, but he was sporadic. He had his moments, but overall you didn't have like a solid person to score for you during that second unit. And a lot of times that's when the Hawks kind of got back into the game. And then you didn't close out the game well at all. You weren't making the right decisions. Ben Simmons wouldn't shoot the ball. And it's like, if you are the superstar Ben Benjamin Simmons, then you kind of need to play like one. For you not to have a field goal, and I think the last three games in the fourth quarter, that's unacceptable. And the other thing, when I was watching game seven, so when I finally started watching game seven, I was a little busy. So I wind up missing the majority of the first half. Like, so I had no idea that Trey Young was shooting that badly. Like he had, he was having a bad shooting night. And I, the first thing that I said to myself was this game is way too close right now. They should be blowing them out. You're at home. You should be taking their hearts and souls right now. Why are you keeping this particular team in the game? Because you're 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 asking you're asking to lose this game. And that that's basically what happened. And the reason why I was saying that is because you you hadn't closed out your games. You didn't close out game four well. You didn't close out game five. Game six was still kind of crazy because you almost at times you might have almost lost that game. And then you're gonna let them stay in the game in the middle of a game seven? Knowing that Trey Young wasn't shooting well, you didn't capitalize on that. It was just so many things where it, it you can't necessarily just keep playing, blaming Ben Simmons, but you you gotta give some blame to Doc. You gotta give some blame to the players as well. I mean, I know that Embiid did what he needed to do. Steph Curry did what he needed to do. The role players itself themselves did what they needed to do. But something has to give. Someone has to step up their game. And honestly, just the subs, the lack of aggression at times, the ability, the inability to close out games. 
honestly cost the Sixers this series. And if I'm if I'm the fans, I'll be very upset and they really would need to take a strong look at themselves. I know a lot of people are saying that Doc Rivers is going to help Ben Simmons and help him with his shooting. And I think that Simmons can get better. He needs to really just take the time. I know that the Olympics is coming up and he might play for Australia. He's going to be making his decisions soon if he's going to play for his home team. But if he doesn't, he needs to really spend the entire summer just creating a basic offensive game. And what I mean by that is layups, driving to the hole, a mid-range, and working on your free throws. Don't worry about trying to shoot threes. If he can just develop that into his game, I think he'll do okay. Because passing up actual layups just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. So Doc Rivers believes that the future is going to be okay for Ben Simmons here at the Sixers. But I know what it's like to have Dale Murray as a GM. And I'll just say this, Sixers fans... Don't be surprised if Ben Simmons gets traded this summer. I'm, I'm just saying. I know that he has maybe like two or three more years on his contract, but don't be surprised. Maury is a very aggressive person. If, and if he thinks that he can get better value for by trading Ben Simmons, he is going to do that. Before I get up on out of here, I just want to say the Hawks, Nate McMillan, Trey Young, Collins, these ATL boys, let me tell you, they've come to play. They've come to destroy. They've come to bring heartbreak, and that is exactly what they have done the last two rounds of the playoffs. I, besides that last game, Trey Young has been amazing, very much like Booker. They're saying, my, my time is here. I'm going to show you what I can do, and you're not going to forget this performance. It's because it's going to be many more years of this, and I'm just, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I I did make a prediction about the Bucks and Hawks series. Like I said, it's on social media, so go check that out. But I'm I'm just really proud of the Hawks. They play so aggressively and they and they just stay in the game. For a young team, they don't panic. They just kind of go with what's going on with the game. They keep playing basketball. They keep playing their game and whatever happens, happens. And a lot of the time that's that's kind of what, what's been happening in these in these series. They just they allow the other team to hurt themselves and they just kind of keep playing the way that they've been playing. And they've been very successful. So if the Bucks want to win against these teams, they better come correct and come out playing strong or otherwise they may be at home just like the Sixers and the Knicks crazy playoff series round two series it started off a little slow there was a lot of blowouts that I just you know I hate blowout games but it picked up it really picked up at the end and these conference finals are looking pretty good as well so I'm looking forward to another great round of basketball and also to the upcoming finals that's pretty much it for this episode if you liked the episode make sure you comment and share and don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at not a status quo underscore podcast on instagram and not a status quo on twitter and facebook until next time have a great day and i'll see you on another episode of not a status quo podcast peace (laughs)